Welcome to the PL Surge podcast, where we highlight and explore CMCSS professional learning journeys. I'm your host, Amanda Nix, and I'm joined today by my co-host and producer, Brian Hampton. Brian, I think most people who are involved in some way with K-12 education are probably aware of the nationwide teacher shortage. Districts across the country are looking for ways to spark interest in their communities in becoming a certified K-12 teacher. The Clarksville-Montgomery County School System has recently garnered national attention around our Educator Pipeline Program, which offers several different pathways for folks with and without bachelor's degrees. In today's episode, our guests will share their different perspectives and experiences with the Lipscomb Middle Teacher Residency Program, also known by the acronym LMTR which is part of the CMCSS Educator Pipeline. Welcome guys, we're so excited that you are here with us. Why don't we start by letting you each introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Tracy, do you wanna go first? I'd be happy to go first. So my name is Tracy Kuhn. I have been with CMCSS for 27 years, going on 28. And um, I am the Educator Pipeline Facilitator for the district. Okay, what about you, Chris? My name is Chris Dial. I have been in education for 11 years. I've been with CMCSS for nine years, and I am the Lipscomb Residency Liaison with this program. Okay, and last but certainly not least, Don. Welcome. Good afternoon, Amanda. So I am Don White. I have lived in Clarksville for about 13 years now, and I have been with CMCSS for seven months. Best seven months we've had so far, frankly. (laughs) So CMCSS has uh, multiple teacher pathways, but today we want to focus on the Lipscomb Middle Teacher Residency, also known by the acronym LMTR. Will you share a brief history and overview for our listeners of the Lipscomb Middle Teacher Residency? Absolutely. So in 2018, CMCSS partnered with an educator prep provider to offer a certification pathway for residents interested in that secondary education level, which secondary education includes middle school and high school. Um, To qualify for this pathway, residents had to already have a bachelor's degree. The degree did not have to be in education. It could have been in anything. Um, This year, we have the privilege of partnering with Lipscomb University for a one-year pathway that leads to a sixth grade through eighth grade certification in either English or math. So we currently have 14 LMTRs and they are placed at Title I middle schools and we do have one resident in a math pathway in a high school. So each is partnered with a mentor teacher in their content area. They work full-time as an educational assistant. Excellent, thanks so much. All right, so Don, you are one of our residents here in the uh, Lipscomb Middle Teacher Residency. And we'd like to know, when did the idea of teaching as a profession sort of come onto your radar? Yeah, Brian, so I've always thought about being a teacher. I was, I was uh, joined the military about 20 years old. I'm from Pennsylvania. Uh, I've always thought that teaching would be fun. I've loved coaching and being around you know, youth for a long time. I've got three boys of my own. Um, so it's always been good. And I like having an impression on, on younger kids. As I got towards the end of my career and I was starting to stabilize here in Clarksville, my wife is building her career and we became part of the community. I really wanted to find a way to really give back and kind of just 
participate in the community and help grow, you know, future leaders and, and people in the community. And I, I thought that teaching would be one good way. So in 2020, I heard about the teaching residency program and I attended a brief with a good friend of mine who's now a teacher over at New Providence. Uh, he was able to join that year and I actually aligned my retirement from the military up to, to coincide with the dates of the program starting uh, in 2021. So you're retired military. Talk to us about your years of service. Uh, so I joined the military in November of 1999. Uh, my wife and I have been together for 21 years, our anniversary this weekend. So she's stuck it out and supported me for almost 22 years I was in. And there's a lot of people along the way that helped take care of my family and help raise my kids while I was gone. I helped coach my kids and, and kind of doing this was just a way to, you know, pay it forward and, and kind of help out the next group of people coming up and especially in Clarksville community with so many military families. I just thought it was a great place to do it. So what a remarkable gift that you're giving back because you, you're retired, you finished your years of service and now you're starting this new profession. So Tracy said that you serve as an educational assistant each day. Talk to us about what that looks like. Yeah, so every morning I come in and help set up the classroom with my mentor teacher, uh, Lindsay Atardi. She is fabulous. Uh, she teaches me everything I need to know, and she pushes me to do things that I don't think I'm ready for, but it's, it's real good. Um, so we get the classroom ready. We welcome students. They come down, and everybody's, you know, all smiles and high fives. We go through a planning period where we set up our lessons for the day uh, and really just we're to the point now where I'm, I'm done watching a lot of what she's doing and, and I'm actually leading instruction in the classroom for a majority of the days. It's been a real good experience. Chris, um, how did you get involved with the, uh, the residency program? I was involved with collaborative conferencing uh, as a union representative for the Clarksville Montgomery County Education Association. Uh, in serving on that board capacity, I was introduced to the concept of the residency program uh, and the union executives in the district, they were looking for feedback about potentially serving as a funding source for this initiative. And I instantly was sold on the program and voted in favor of uh, the union supporting that as well. And that rolled into a position in the initial year we rolled out the program as um, I served as a, a content tutor. Basically, I would hold recitation sessions for people that were going through the bachelor's program at Austin P. They were one of our first partners, if not our first uh, education preparation program partner. And so the people going through that program were actually getting their bachelor's degree. So they were taking non-pedagogical content courses. And I was hired on to provide tutoring and recitation for the history classes that they were taking. And just, you know, I said yes, because I was approached with the question, um, would you be interested in helping the next generation of social studies teachers? And that's kind of how it was pitched to me. And so I was instantly like, yeah, I want to make sure that we've got the best people doing the best quality job. So from there, uh, I served in that capacity for a couple of years and then um, was interested in pursuing, you know, growing with the program. And there was already, there was a position that is comparable to mine 
for uh, for an elementary track. And when they grew to the middle school track, another position opened up this liaison position. And I felt like that was another opportunity to help grow good teachers and help acclimate them to um, the teaching profession. And I went through beginning teaching in a similar way. I was, I did not go to school for education at all. I never wanted to be a teacher. I really disliked school when I was in it. Uh, and I ended up falling into education from a different field, but I worked on a transitional license. So I was, I was moving in from a totally different career field and had nobody that was helping me navigate this graduate program and I had to pay for it on my own. And I just thought, my God, if I had had this opportunity when I was trying to become a teacher, I would be so much more successful now. And I would have, I think, been so much more prepared. As a liaison, what are there some specific things that that you're doing now that you could talk about? The position is structured in a way to grow with the challenges that are introduced with the development of the program. So generally, I serve as the point of contact for transitions, uh, for acclimation. I also serve as the general point of contact for communications because we partner with, we're partnering with Lipscomb and we're working with CMCSS as an entire organization. And then we're placing residents in totally different individual schools with their own school culture. There's a lot of communication and a lot of information to process. And so I serve as kind of the guy who is synthesizing all of these different communications and collaborations and trying to create a streamlined message to all of the residents. Um, because my cohort is attending Lipscomb for pedagogical classes. I, I don't have to be a content expert in math or English to be able to provide the content recitation for pedagogy. So I help them also navigate their coursework. You know, they're taking planning instruction and assessment courses. They're, they're teaching uh, in a pluralistic society courses. They're taking these courses that are universal to everybody in the industry nowadays. And so I offer supports for successfully navigating that coursework. Uh, Don White, what else do I do? I answer a lot of emails. Yeah, I would say that, you know, Chris is just, he's just that huge emotional support for a lot of us in the program. Uh, a lot of times we'll get some emails from, you know, CMCSS or we'll get them from Lipscomb University and we don't understand what they mean sometimes. And, and sometimes in our group chat, somebody will start asking questions and, and immediately there's always somebody that says, have you talked to Chris yet? And then Chris is always there with a voice of reason and kind of calms everything down. You know, we're in an unknown world. So it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit stressful sometimes, but, but Chris is there to calm us down and make sure everything's all right. And yeah, he's, he's definitely valuable to the program. Don, you have Chris supporting you as a liaison. Tell us how your mentor teacher helps you during the day. Yeah, so my mentor teacher, Lindsay Atardi, she's, uh, she started out in the beginning of the year, just kind of let me watch and observe and see exactly what a teacher does. And, and, and man, there's so much more to it than I initially thought. Uh, but just watching and learning how she just talks to students, how she presents material, and, and really kind of that you know, I was used to it in the military. There's a, I do, we do, you do. And, and it's the same type of thing that she does in the classroom, 
with the students. And so just being able to, she models everything for me before she has me do it. And now it's really, like I said earlier, she's, she's passed it off to where I'm leading the classes most of the time. Um, and it's even been to the point where I've been able to substitute in other classes. And I feel totally comfortable now going into another room and even another subject. Tracy, so Brian talked earlier that we do have multiple pathways. How does the Lipscomb Middle Teacher Residency compare to the others? So the Lipscomb Middle Teacher Residency is a certification only. Um, the Lipscomb Teacher Residency is for elementary, and it is a master's program. And then the three-year non-degreed program that earns someone a bachelor's degree is um, for elementary at this point, we do have a middle residency, elementary middle teacher residency going for a three-year degree as well. Uh, and they are in their second year. So this year we offered, we just finished interviews. We had 188 people that, that applied and we interviewed um, almost every one of them. Some of them had to back out for certain reasons, but we did interview all of them and we made our selections. It was very, very difficult, but we hope we, we chose people that will be part of the residency and will eventually become just amazing educators. And we know that they will, but how they differ is in the degreed and the non-degreed pathways, the certification and the master's degree. Okay. So Don will be ready to teach in his own classroom after the end of the school year, correct? Look at Don. If, if everybody could see Don's face, his eyes are like, <laughs> wow, this is about to happen. So at the end of this year, he'll be ready to apply. Tracy, we're hearing so many exciting things about the CMCSS teacher residency programs and recently some state and national recognition. So what is your reaction to the growing interest? So clearly you told us we went to 188 applicants, but what's your reaction to that growing interest in the program? So you are correct. We have received um, a lot of recognition. We just recently got approved as an apprenticeship, which is something that is similar to what electricians have. Uh, they get a certification, but then they also go on to work under a master electrician. And we realized that we too are an apprentice because we have our residents working under those uh, highly effective teachers. They're teaching them the tricks of the trade and everything they need to know to be that excellent educator. So we fielded um, calls from across America. We have honestly answered emails and phone calls daily asking how to get into the program to become a teacher. Some of those calls have come from as far away as Florida, Illinois, Michigan, <laughs> and, uh, you know, just with this growth, that's amazing. And we welcome all this interest, but we want to grow teachers within our community. Our goal is that once those that complete the teacher residency pathways, that they will stay with CMCSS for the duration of their career. We, we don't want people to come in, teach for a year, and then go back home. Um, certainly things happen and we're open to that. And um, Don, you're a former military, so you know that happens. If people get orders, we, we respect that and we just wish them the best in all that they need to do. But our we want to grow our own community and grow the people in our community to be teachers to stay in the CMCSS district. 
the media is, it's fun. The recognition is great. It's exhilarating, but we do want to keep our focus on the residents that we're serving. Uh, that's our main focus. We are learning about this apprenticeship. We don't have all the answers yet, but uh, we do hope that it is something that can help ease the burden for residents, uh, specific barriers that while they're in the program, possibly funding from an apprenticeship from Workforce Essentials um, can help them ease some of those burdens. As the pathways, we just try to do that wraparound support, which is what Chris does, which is what the other liaisons uh, do for the residents. And we just want them to know that they have a strong structure behind them that just want the best for them, we are investing in their success. So that's kind of our reaction. We, we want to be, um, we want this apprenticeship and we want to grow our own, but we want the residents to know that it's about them. It's not about just all the hype. So we want them to, to feel supported and know that we're here for them. And that's one of the things that sticks out to me as you guys are talking today is how you really are serving their residents because Don has the opportunity to have a Chris, a liaison to support him, answer those questions. And then he also has that mentor teacher. So what a wonderful support system that you are providing to the residents. Tracy, what has been the most rewarding part throughout your history, your role as the educator pipeline facilitator? I would have to say the most rewarding part is when they do come to a barrier, we're able to connect them with resources to help them push through that barrier. Many times um, they talk about when a student lights up when they get something or when they understand. It's the same when they light up, when they realize that they are fulfilling their calling to teach. This is a dream that um, we'll get emotional. Hmm. I cry every episode in case anybody <laughs> needed to know that. So to see the residents light up when they realize that they are fulfilling a calling, a dream that many of them have had for a very long time, helping them get, get to the finish line is the most rewarding part of the job. Last year, Tracy, when we interviewed, um, another teacher resident, she is in one of the three-year programs. She was first-generation college in her yeah. family. And it was like a game changer for me because it, it's 2021 at the time. And, you know, here she was and surrounded by her family who they were in another state and listening to the podcast. So you guys are doing amazing things. So Chris, it's clear that you're serving others in this role. So how is this helping you in your own classroom instruction or your own leadership skills? Um, it, this liaison role has reaffirmed so much of my purpose in education. It is so gratifying and fulfilling to see people who are passionate, who are making life-changing decisions, often changing not only their own lives, but the lives of them entire families, right, who are supporting them through this process, people who are rededicating themselves to do better for future generations of children has been like, so affirming and so hopeful, you know, particularly on days when being in the classroom and working within the systems of, you know, the current structures of education are, it's very, very challenging. And like the, 
the endurance required for the job is so much. And this role is life breathing for me as a teacher. So Don, you're about to finish up. We talked about that. You kind of had the wide eyeballs earlier, (laughs) Um, but what are your biggest goals as you wrap up this experience? Yeah. So my biggest goals are just continuing to build the relationship with students and, and my network of you know, educators, so I can continue to learn and, and do better every day. That's, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people and I tell them, you know, one of my biggest hangups uh, that I talked to my mentor teacher about is I'm just so afraid to say something in the wrong way so that that, that one kid, I'm worried about one kid out of the 116 we see every day. And I'm worried about one kid hearing something, maybe I said it the wrong way. And even though I go back and fix it, maybe they grabbed on and just they retain that that wrong thing that I said. But I think uh, the thing I'm most excited about really is just is learning from all of them. And, and how do I pace myself? And how do I accept the fact that some days I'm not going to get it 100% right? So what what have you enjoyed the most of this residency experience? Yeah, just definitely jumping in with both feet, experiencing everything. I'm getting to know the students, um, seeing even their families. I, I try and go to as many of the after-school activities as I can. I started doing some of the math tutoring just because I, you know, I see some of them struggling in class, and they ask me if I can help them. Uh, and then just some of the emotional responses. I've had I've had kids come up that I, I didn't think I would hear some of this stuff from, but I guess I should have. But I, I should have thought about it. Uh, I've got three teenage boys, and there's you know there's teenage. Um, boys, teenage girls coming up with questions and problems that I thought, well, I, I didn't think I'd have to deal with this, but you know, it's, it, it's good. And I'm learning every day, but a kid came up to me the other day and he said that him and his friends were having a problem with something. And he told his friends, well, don't worry, I'm going to Mr. White's class next. And I trust him, you know, and that, yeah, that was okay, good. I'm, I'm crying again. <laughs> I'm all in the fields today. Y'all just picked a good day for me and I am not a crier. I'm usually very stoic, but I am all in it today. <laughs> yeah. The, the other day too, we got an, we got an email from a, a parent of a te- or of a student who had been around in many different schools and stuff. And, and uh, you know, the whole team at Richview is just so supportive and, and, and our admin just, you know, that it's like a family there. And I just love the way they care for everybody that works there, all the students and it really came through in this email from a parent and they talked about their, their child going from school to school. And this is the first school that they ever felt that their, their child had been so supported. Like, it's just, it's just so rewarding to hear something like that, to be a part of that team. That's hopefully changing the trajectory of this kid's future. His mom said that it's, it's the first time that she feels like, you know, he is going to be okay in high school and beyond. What an extraordinary thing to be a part of. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So is there a piece of advice that each one of you, uh, is there something that stands out as a piece of advice that you would give to others who are interested in the residency program? And Chris, we'll start with you. Follow your passion. If your passion is directly helping human beings grow, then this is the right opportunity for you. Tracy, how about you? I would kind of echo what Chris is saying is that teaching is a calling. It is not just something you can say, oh, let me try this for a day or two. It is a calling. This particular pathway, it is rigorous. Don can probably attest to that. It is rigorous. And if you are interested, think about, go ahead and look for opportunities to work with students so that you can kind of see what you're getting into, but also 
um, to, to decide what your pathway needs to be, whether it's middle school, elementary, um, or where, wherever it is in the school system, if this is something, but teaching is a calling. Don, how about you? So I had something written, but I'd definitely like to jump on what Tracy said, find some way to get, you know, interaction with the, with the age group that you want to, to teach. Uh, you know, when I interviewed with Tracy, I told her that I, I've coached, you know, little league baseball, I've coached rec, rec, rec basketball and the middle school age group was by far my favorite to be around and help influence. Um, but after that, jump in with both feet, be open to all the opportunities that are available to enrich the lives of students. So Tracy, how many residents will we have in CMCSS next year? We will have 80 residents. 40 of them will be with the non-degree three-year pathway that we work with Nashville State, and then they transfer to Austin P. And then we will have, and I will say that 20 of those are straight out of high school seniors. And 20 are classified and community members. We will also have 40 in the Lipscomb Pathways. Right now we do have 20 in the middle school pathway in either English or math and 20 in the elementary Lipscomb Teacher Residency Pathway. A lot of exciting things to come for the residency programs. This has just been a great afternoon and we so appreciate how you've shared your stories and how you are improving the lives of your students. Yeah, we got uh, so much. We, uh, we know that you are under a ton of pressure and have a million things going on. And so for you to carve out this little, this bit of time for us to have this conversation, uh, we are very grateful for that. And I know that our audience is really going to be, they're going to appreciate hearing your story and also hearing your insights. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having us. This uh, is exciting. Yes, thank you guys. Thank you again to our guests, Chris Dial, Tracy Kuhn, and Don White for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to follow us. The PL Surge podcast is powered by your learning journey. If you have a professional learning story you'd like to share, you can reach us at plsurge at cmcss.net. This podcast is produced and edited by the professional learning team in the Clarksville-Montgomery County School System. In addition to today's guests, we would also like to give special thanks for this episode to CMCSS Director of Federal Projects, Dr. Phyllis Casebolt, and also to Educator Pipeline Facilitator, LaVita Radford, and to all the Educator Pipeline residents, liaisons, and MCLs. Until next time, keep learning and keep journeying.